listening to the North Shore 9 podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Another week at Denardo's Dugout. I am your host, Anthony Denardo. And uh, it's a pretty brisk Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon today, if you may. Not a morning. Here I am doing the show at noon. I figured, you know what? I got the day off. Why wake up early in the morning to do this? I got to do it tomorrow at 7 a.m. as well with Jim. So screw that. I'm getting up nice and I woke up today at 10 o'clock. It felt glorious. <laughs> it was nice. Um, and then here I am to now doing the, uh, the podcast. So welcome everyone to the show. Hope you're enjoying your day. Hope you're enjoying your fleet, is it? Your fleet-filled Twitter, which, by the way, I don't have that on the North Shore account. I don't know why. I appear to be the only one. Everyone's talking about how they hate the fleet situation with Twitter, which is essentially, for those that I guess don't know, makes it very like uh, Instagram and Facebook where you have like your stories on top, and you can click on them and see what the hell is going on, I guess, in people's lives. I don't have it. They they left us out of the update, I guess. I don't know what's going on, but uh, thank you, Twitter, apparently, because everyone hates it. So there's that. But uh, one thing I want to talk about, I mean, it is, what, November 17th right now? It's that weird time of the year. I know, as you can see, uh, the weather right now in Pittsburgh, it's 38 degrees. In two days from now, it'll be 65 degrees. You know, it's a time of the year where the weather doesn't want to make up its mind. It's hot one day, cold one day, snowing one day, sunshine the next day. But the other thing is, like, people can't make up their minds. What is going on with the decorations? What is going on with the, the inside of the house? When I look at fleet stories and people decorating. Is this time of the year Halloween, Thanksgiving, or Christmas? I don't get it. I swear right now, this time of year, you can drive down the road and you will see decorations for all three. Can we come together and decide as a society, which I know we can't because we can't decide on anything these days. Like, can we decide when these decorations go up and come down? And I want to say, like, I'm the type two. I can't do Christmas as early. Let me celebrate Thanksgiving. I mean, Halloween's over with. Those decorations should be should be done. Should be done. You know, we had our Halloween segment here a few weeks ago, talked about it. It's a very overrated holiday, and I can get on board with that for the adults. You know, it, it's kind of cool to have, you know, the decorations up, but like now you're in November. Those are over with. We gotta at least at least turn the jack-o'-lanterns around and make it like fall, right? Don't see the faces, just see the pumpkins and make it fall for Thanksgiving. Do that part. I know you're lazy. At least do that. But it's clearly, I mean, we're a week and two days from Thanksgiving. And now I'm seeing like people put up their Christmas trees. And I, I don't know. I'm I, I don't care that much about you know watching movies and, and listening to Christmas music stuff, but I have like I have a legit question for those people. I mean, you put up your Christmas tree now. Is that really like I guess how you when you celebrate Thanksgiving and you have people over, do you also have like your Christmas tree in the corner as well? I guess that just seems so weird to me. You gotta at least wait till the day after, like on Black Friday. I, I mean, I still don't do that because I just wanna lay out and not move, but you got to at least wait to the day after to put up Thanksgiving, right? 
Doesn't that just seem awkward, like, to celebrate Thanksgiving while all your Christmas stuff is up? I don't know. Again, maybe that's just me. I digress. But we definitely have to come together and decide what's going on. Because it's crazy to go down the street, and, and you just see decorations of all sorts everywhere. <laughs> it just looks so awkward. Oh, my God. And I don't know. Maybe it just it's it seems that way more this year than any because of COVID and the quarantine. And I guess maybe people have all the time of the day to do stuff now. So they're getting proactive and getting anxious to do this stuff opposed to dreading it, putting it off because they have no time to do it. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's this year. It's throwing things a little weirder, but that's just my take. All right. So I guess we got a little bit of baseball news to talk about today. It is the off season. Things are happening. Things with the Marlins are happening. That's for sure. So the Marlins went ahead. Now let's predate this a little bit back. I mean, we know obviously that Derek Jeter took over. They had Michael Hill at the helm there. Michael Hill was like, go this off season. And uh, the Marlins announced that they hired Kim Ng as the team general manager just a few days ago. Why is this historic? Well, you don't need me to tell you. I'm definitely late on this. The Rose Dugout comes out on a Tuesday. You've heard it from everyone. She is the first, of course, woman to hold this title in the the four major North America sports. But on top of that, too, she's also the first uh, Asian descent as well. So pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Like when I heard this news, uh, I mean, first off, I didn't know that she was in the running. Maybe that's just ignorance on my part. But I I was shocked to, to see that. That was the choice because I was even aware that this was a possibility. Um, but then it happened, and you know, you're kind of excited. Like this is big news. This is a big step. Again, as we just talked, the firsts, right? She's the firsts of all these, and that is coming from the Marlins team. That's also kind of cool because, like, that's a team that could probably use this type of publicity. You know, yeah, if it was the Dodgers, if it was the Yankees and stuff, like that's cool. But you know, that's the little little old Marlins down there in. You know, I should say little. I mean, it's freaking Miami, which is gorgeous. But, uh, you know, as far as baseball terms, it's it's the lonely old Marlins, you know, down there in, in southeast Florida. And they do it. They go ahead and hire this, this woman who's been around in baseball forever, forever. I mean, she started off in uh, the White Sox as an intern, which is 98, I want to believe. Sorry, I got to go look at this up real quick. I thought I had it all. But, um, yeah, she started with an intern, moved her way up. She was assistant GM with, uh, you know, the Yankees, with the Dodgers. She goes on to be, you know, in special ops as far as MLB goes. You know, people talk about it, and she, she does. Like, she, she has a tremendous resume. You know, it's, it's shocking. And, well, I guess not too much because, obviously, she's, you know, the cards are stacked against her a bit with her being a female. Let's be honest with it. And it's probably why she wasn't hired already. Um, but, now that's broken. She's hired by the Marlins. And I'm kind of excited for this team because this is also a team where, I mean, they've been the laughing stock of baseball for many years for many different reasons as well. Ozzy performance, obviously, that they don't draw fans. The whole Jeter taking over situation. And let's not, like, let's not also forget what the previous owner was about and how shady they were. I mean, let's not forget that their headquarters was apparently 
located in oh god come on marlins man where you at was it the bahamas some post PO box in the bahamas or such they located and found out um let's also talk about the amount of debt they're in that they the, the jeter's group that even aware that they accumulate even more debt than they thought of so again like the marlins have been the laughing stock a lot of issues going on but i've said it before and i say it again and this you know as it progresses it, it seems more and more in that favor I have not hated what Jeter and them have done. They've taken a lot of back backlash, a lot of flack for a lot of the moves they've made, you know, different situations. Like I know obviously like the one scout that was going through cancer that Jeter and them fired during that. I mean, that was shady. Like I get some of the situations, obviously many of them warranted, but as far as the team goes and building it, I mean, the way they deconstructed it and have now built it back up, I've been on their side. I, I really don't look and like laugh. I mean, you want to talk about the Giancarlo Stanton deal and the Yelich deal and the Zunu deal, you know, real Muto, you know, the, the, how my God, how you get rid of these players. And, and then want to joke and talk about, you know, well, how they kept them players that'd be in the playoffs right now or, and this and that. And I, I really don't hate the moves they made, but here's something that kind of, I mean, everyone's been talking great and highly of this move. And I think it's a great move as well. But something about the move that just seems kind of odd to me as well is just the fact, I mean, when Jeter took over, Michael Hill, I think, probably thought his job was gone. He becomes, instead of like the GM, becomes, you know, president of the baseball ops, runs, runs everything in baseball-wise. Um, so Jeter took over in 17, I believe. And then here we are in 2020, he loses his job. I, I guess what I'm shocked at is the timing of a lot of this. Jeter could have cut Michael Hill right then and there and said, you know what? Listen, I'm, I'm, we're taking over this team. Uh, and I say Jeter, like he's, I mean, he's the face. There's, he's not the owner. He's the very minimal owner, but he's the face runs a lot there. But yeah, so obviously they, they take over the team and they could have fired everyone much like how Steve Cohen is doing with the Mets. They could have fired everybody So we want our people in here, but they decided to keep Michael Hill. They traded all of the players and basically started fresh. And the year that they finally, and I know it's a weird year, but the year that they finally do get to the playoffs, you know, like Michael Hill kind of saw this through. And the year that they do make the playoffs, they fire him. Well, I should say they let his contract expire. They didn't fire him. But, you know, they let him, they, they part ways. And they go ahead and get Amang, which, again, in my mind, great move, but I'm just like, what, what, what changed your mind? Like, what was the difference? You saw it through. You're seeing now these moves not being so bad. Let's talk about those moves a little bit. You know, so again, like, they go ahead and trace John Carlos Stan. Big time player. Big time player. Where they get in return from the Yankees, Starlin Castro, Jorge Guzman. Jose Devers, which, by the way, is the cousin of Rafael. Um, you know, Southern Castro, whatever, he's a fill-in. Jorge Guzman doesn't pan out the way he's looking. He's probably going to end up being a reliever or such. But Jose Devers is getting some, you know, some hype. He's, he's been on their top 10 prospect list. He's with the top 10 prospects of the Yankees as well. Um, could be something there. But I think, like, bigger-wise is they were able to dump the entire contract of Stan, right? He had 10 years $295 million remaining. They were able to lose all of it and get something in return. 
I mean, they were trying to dump that contract, which they did. Let's think back in pirate terms, right? When the pirates dumped Liriano, they had to trade prospects to do it. We're talking about Francisco Liriano's contract. The Marlins got rid of $295 million, clear off their books. And yeah, they got some flowers and prospects, you know, who's been probably going to pan out as mentioned as a, a reliever and endeavors, maybe, maybe a shortstop in the future. Probably not. But anyways, they were able to get something in return. Yelich. They traded Yelich. Now, of course, he ended up being MVP. You got Lewis Brinson, Monte Harrison, Jordan Yamamoto, and Isan Diaz, which looks like he could be the second baseman of their future. Some prospects. I mean, Brinson hasn't panned out as a prospect type he's been. Monte Harrison's an athlete as hell. He could be playing on Sundays. Maybe not, but Saturdays for sure. Um, so they got something in return there. Ozuna, they got Sandy Alcantara, who's one of their frontline you know, starters right now. They also got Zach Gallon out that deal, which, mind you, they traded to get Jazz Chisholm from the Diamondbacks, who's a top 50-ish prospect, a lot of hype, kind of like Lewis Brinson, could be a boomer bust type guy. But anyways, and then JT Romuto, they traded Jorge Alfaro. Uh, Sixto Sanchez, which, again, Pirate fans, listen to that name if you don't know already, because if you really think that Cabron Hayes is going to win Rookie of the Year, Gonna have a nice battle probably with Sixto Sanchez as well. Um, and they got international money out. So, like, the trades weren't terrible. Like, they didn't just go through, like, this salad, like, this fire sale and end up with nothing. They got some bits of it. Again, they lost a lot of the, the contract payrolls and such. Um, but, like, again, so Michael Hill sees this through. And then they make the playoffs. They can him. So, again, to me, like, that was just kind of a little bit weird to me. Um, but, again... Kimang, congrats. So here's something I want to bring up to. And let's show it. So obviously, you know, everything I just told you, Kimang gets hired, first woman, first, you know, Asian descent, this and that. Great news, great news. MLB Trade Rumors puts up the article. What do we see about the article? Let's take a look. So yes. Great information here. Well, let's go right down to the comments. What, what are people going to talk about? The very first comment. She should have been a GM a long time ago. And her friendship with Jeter likely helps. Yeah, I agree. She probably should have been a GM. And her friendship probably did help. You know, Jeter, as she mentioned, like they weren't close. They weren't buddy-buddy. They knew of each other. But she mentioned how they, you know, they really hit it off in the interview and and, you know, he, he does know of her. So maybe that was a way to help her break the ice and get into that, you know, organization, be the first. You know, it's probably easier if there's someone that you do know than people that you don't know. So, yeah, she deserved that understandable comment. Comment number two. Weird question. Does anyone ha- know how to pronounce her last name? <laughs> it's I-N-G. Next comment. Could be wrong, but I think you pronounce the letters N-G. No, it's I-N-G. No, it's A-N-G. <laughs> like Nang. I-N-G as in Ingrid. That's another one I ran across in my search, blah, blah. Come, come on. Like, is this not define our country at all right now? <laughs> this, we have this great thing happening that a woman GM takes over, and literally the only thing people can comment on is how do you say her name? 
Win is a tough one, too, because I've heard it pronounced two different ways. Win equals win. NG is pronounced like ing every time I've heard it. <laughs> we just have comment after comment about everyone's interpretation of how to say your name. So there's a soft N sound. So in win. That's how I was taught to pronounce it. <laughs> or, or like Brandon Inge. <laughs> it was a win-win situation. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. There's, there's the uh, Moby comments for you. So congratulations, Kim Ng. Now I'm excited to see what you're going to do on this team because you got a lot of resources in your hands. Maybe not financially, but uh, I'm excited to see what the Marlins are going to do. I don't, I don't think, you know, I, I think they can make a push for teams like the Phillies right now. You know, I, I think maybe not the Braves, but we'll see about that. So, uh, yeah, so that brings up our next topic. Speaking of which, so uh, it was announced last night that Mike Clevenger will go ahead and have Tommy John surgery, which really stinks. We know what they gave up to go ahead and get Clevenger. Uh, people like Ryan will tell you that Cleveland really made out on it. And now in retrospect, because of his injury, sure, it looks good for the Indians. Uh, I'm still, I think, Jim, Jim and XNS9 host Ryan were kind of on board on one side saying that, you know, really you know really good for the indians they made out and then tyler and i were more like eh, it seemed like a lot of quality i'm sorry quantity and not quality there but either way he is going to be out this upcoming year 2021 big blow because it wasn't so much that you know clevenger was the deadline deal of the 60 game season to put you know the padres over the hump to get into the playoffs yeah that was part of it but i think the bigger thing was he's controllable for two more years you know, we definitely see the Padres window is now. It is here. They have some really good pitching. But Clevenger could be that ace, like that dude, to line up number one, you slot him in the playoffs, you know, and make this team, this rotation and team as a whole, you know, something pretty, pretty scary, you know, heading into the playoffs. And now losing Clevenger is going to be a pretty big blow to them. Um, but what they did is they did sign him to a two-year, $11.5 million deal. Uh, more or less said, hey, let's forget our, let's forget all this. Get your money. Um, that buys out all of his RB years uh, until he becomes a free agent. So, you know, he'll be back the year after 2022. So it kind of stinks because, again, he got traded. He came over, made a few starts, got injured. Couldn't even play the rest of the year. Really not even the playoffs. I know he came back. I mean, think he pitched a full inning when he came back. Uh, he could have, but regardless... I lose him for a whole nother year. And like, they're really only getting this trade for the 2022 season. Like that's it now. So it's a bummer. It kind of stinks for San Diego, but of course this is baseball and these things happen. Um, but let's, let's kind of spin this a little bit. So, I mean, they, they do have some talent there still, you know, like it's not as if like, this is the one guy, you know, they still have uh Denelson Lamette who had an outstanding year last year, Zach Davies, Chris Paddock, who Paddock, had a really down year last year, but he had a really nice rookie season. You know, there potentially is a lot more to him than that. Um, the home runs have just been killing him, though, which is kind of crazy because he plays in Petco Park. Uh, but, like, he's been giving up the long ball tremendously, and it's been really killing his value. But um, 
anyways, like they still have some players there. Uh, let's not forget they have Mackenzie Gore in the minors, who I think a lot of people thought might have got caught up this year because of that run they had. Uh, I think it's no shock that he'll probably be here next season. Um, and you want to talk like he is definitely a frontline type of starter. Like he could potentially be the type that could. It's big shoes to fill, but could fill Clevenger's shoes. Uh, I don't think any of the other ones that I mentioned. Maybe Lamette, but, but that's about it. That you know had that potential of of being like that dude that come to the playoffs. Mackenzie Gore could be, but again, you're talking about a prospect. You're talking about could be. Um, so what does this mean? Like, are they going to go ahead and go out to free agency and sign someone? I mean, they have been spending a lot of moolah lately. Um, do they have any more? Obviously, we're coming off the 2020 COVID-filled season with no fans, everyone crying. They have no funds and money. So. Are the San Diego Padres going out there and spend money on a frontline starter or any type of, type of rotation help? I don't know. We'll see. But maybe we're looking into a trade, another trade or such. I don't think they'll get a Clevenger type in return, but it's possible that they may be looking to not upgrade that ace, but lengthen it out, maybe get another rotation arm. Knock, knock. Ben Charrington, I don't know. Things are kind of lining up for like the first time in years that there might be things working for the Pirates and a potential Joe Musgrove trade. Um, he's from San Diego, California's home. I know Pittsburgh fans might not think he's that good because look at the numbers, but I've always felt there's more to Joe Musgrove. I'm sure the reason that he was traded to Pittsburgh is because they thought there was more in Joe Musgrove. And the one thing is, again, I know it's short season and most of it came by two starts. But when you look at like his numbers, we look at his peripherals this year. There was a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of good stuff. And a team like the Padres might be looking at that and say, you know what? The Pirates couldn't do it. But we can turn this guy around. We can make him better. And he could be a good part of our rotation and get us through the season into the playoffs, right? Um, so, I mean, again, I'm not saying Joe Musgrove to the Padres is going to happen. I'm not saying that Joe Musgrove is going to command a big-time return. But I will say things are lining up that I do definitely see a Joe Musgrove trade happening this year. Um, and I think there's going to be multiple teams that are wanting him, not just a trade will happen because the Pirates need to get rid of him want to get rid of them, and they're going to take what they can get from the one team that's calling for for him. Um, but yeah, so again, Clevenger gone. The other news about, which also can tie into this, about uh, free agency and pitchers, Drew Smiley. Drew Smiley signs a one-year deal with the Braves for $11 million. Let's back up a bit. A week ago, the Blue Jays announced they re-signed Robbie Ray on a one-year deal for $8 million. Myself included, was a little bit shocked with that because, I mean, let's be honest, Robbie Ray had a terrible season last year. An absolutely terrible season. Uh, when you look at him, he pitched, sorry, Robbie Ray, Ray ended up with 51 innings pitched, a 6.62 ERA, 650. So, Look at his numbers. The guy walked. The guy walked almost 18% of the batters. That's atrocious. The strikeouts are there. I mean, he's been a big-time strikeout pitcher. 
averaging near 30% strike you know, K rate for his career. But walks have been an issue, and it seems like it's progressively worse and worse every single year. You know, he came with the Diamondbacks, 9% walk rate, 10.7, 13.3. Yeah, it went down a little bit in 19 to 11.2. And then this year, 17.9. He's walking everybody. And again, talking about the year of COVID 2020, the year where teams are crying that we have no money. The Blue Jays signed Robbie Ray coming off a 6.62 ERA to an $8 million deal. So again, $8 million isn't like it's a whole lot of money. Had it's been 2019, 2018, I can get it. It's a one-year deal, so you're paying a little more because you don't have the length of the contract. But after this year, when teams are saying they don't have money to spend, $8 million seems like a lot of resources sources on Robbie Ray. So that made me think, do teams really do have the money to spend? I mean, is this kind of farce? Are teams crying poor to give them an out, a reason? Especially when you see... Um, Brad Hand's $10 million in Cleveland getting denied, like, declined. So Brad Hand can't get $10 million, but Robbie Ray can get $8 million. Again, that's the, this doesn't match up for me. So a week later now, yesterday, the Braves announced that they're signing Drew Smiley to a one-year $11 million deal. Let's talk about Drew Smiley. <laughs> Drew Smiley has pitched 710 career innings since 2012. He's never pitched more than, I should say he's pitched more than 153 innings once. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of rough to look at his resume. He's been injured a lot. Um, he's a career 413 ERA. He was a guy, I mean, not similar in a sense of the t- type, of, type of pitcher, but I guess similar in a sense of like Joe Musgrove where you liked a lot of his peripherals and he didn't really put everything together all the time, but you liked what he saw as a big strikeout guy. Um, he obviously had the, the, the injury, which oh, I forget what it was the Tommy John and something else. I forget, but he last pitched for the Rays in 2016, 175 innings, 488 ERA was injured, came back three years later in 2019. Um, so in his return, 114 innings pitched 6.24 ERA, not good. This year is a little different. Okay. The problem is, like, he, he pitched for the Giants. He had five starts. Two appearances as relief, but five starts. End up at 26-point innings pitched, 3.42 ERA. But here's the thing. The dude struck out everybody. So he had a 38% K rate. Walks are average, 8%. Not bad. But he was striking out a ton. You know, his peripherals look good. But again, I mean, it was it was five starts. You know, of this shortened season, his was even more shortened with just those five starts, 26 innings pitched. So, like, do you really look at this 26 innings pitch and say, this is the Drew Smiley that we expect? I mean, I don't see those numbers being sustainable. Yeah, it was good in those five starts, but you're not striking out 38% of the batters. You know, I mean, that's like Garrett Cole type stuff we're talking about. That's not happening for Drew Smiley. Not saying that he can't be an effective pitcher, but there's like a lot of risk involved in a Drew Smiley signing. Now, obviously, a team like the the Braves have a lot of injuries and a lot of issues with the rotation. They need some help. But again, we're giving $11 million to a Drew Smiley. So again, this whole offseason is going to be all about how teams don't have money to spend. And we've given $8 million to a guy who had a 6.6 ERA. 
And now we're giving $11 million guy, $11 million to a guy who pitched only five starts last year, but hasn't pitched before, you know, any hasn't had a solid season since 2015 when he ended up with a 311 ERA in just 66 innings. So a lot of risk, but $11 million to do it. Again, so what teams really don't have money? The Blue Jays are saying we're going to cough up some money. The Braves said we're going to cough up some money. So there truly are teams out there that are saying we have no money, a.k.a. The, I guess the Indians, a.k.a. The, the Cardinals, who are crying it as well. Again, I think that opens up Joe Musgrove because if the market's being set that these type of pitchers are worth about $10 million, then teams who really need pitching, right, good pitching with a lot less risk involved and it costs probably more. So are they going to be willing to spend that? Are they going to say, you know what? We don't want to spend it. Let's go ahead and make a deal. Let's go ahead and make a trade for Joe Musgrove, who I think is going to be about $4 million in arbitration. Um, I know Ethan's listening to me, and he'll get on me if I'm incorrect. But I think it's about $4 million they're projecting for his ARB. And he's been better than these two guys. So, again, to put this all in a perspective of a Pirates viewpoint, I do think things are lining up for Pittsburgh uh, to make a decent Joe Musgrove trade. And again, that teams are going to be out there because even though, yes, the Braves and, you know, Blue Jays, it's not like they're hundred million dollar contracts, but I mean, they're giving some decent one year deals are saying that, you know, money isn't that big of an issue for us. There's going to be some teams that do feel that way. Uh, The market's being set early. And uh, I do think that does help a lot of teams that are looking to trade. Um, of obviously, the Pirates being one of them, especially for pitching. So that's that. Again, we talked about the Marlins, the Padres, the Braves, a little bit of Pirates here. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Jim and myself once again for Starbucks, talking more Pirates news. Hopefully some Pirates news happens. Uh, but until then, we will see you all later. Have a great day. Bye-bye.